On today's show, the Yankees came back and walked off in grand style against the Pirates. Judge slugs his 60th home run of the season. Bader had a nice debut. The bullpen, minus Aroldis Chapman, had a rough night. And did last night wake up Giancarlo Stanton in time for the playoffs? Plus, what would you do if you snagged a milestone home run ball? I've seen a lot of debate over this subject, and we're going to talk about it. So get ready, because an all-new Locked on Yankees starts next. You are Locked on Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, Yankees fans. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Speaking of subscribers, we passed 1,400. So if you'd like to help us make it to 1,500 by the time the playoffs start, please do so. Also hit the thumbs up button and the bell so you're notified whenever our videos go up. We're going to do a good, bad, and ugly. That's how we're going to do it, in order. We're going to talk about the good, basically the ninth inning from last night, and Harrison Bader, because he was good. And then we'll talk about the bad. Um, actually, the bad and the ugly could be the bullpen, honestly. We're being real here, because whew, that was rough. So let's get into it. The ninth inning of last night's game should be its own version of Yankees classics. They don't need to show anything else from this game. Just show the ninth inning. It's 15 minutes. It's a nice, quick piece of a game that you could stick into the yes schedule at any time that you want. Now, when the Yankees were down 8-4 and you saw who was coming up, you probably thought to yourself, they could do it. It's the Pirates right? I think most people thought that. It just seemed like a very strange game and being down by that many runs and the way that it happened, which we'll talk about in segment two, um, it just, I don't know, it felt strange last night. So Judge steps in against Will Crow. The thing about Will Crow is he's the great, great nephew of Hall of Famer Red Ruffing. And he went out to Monument Park before the game started to look at Red Ruffing's monument plaque. And, uh, yeah, um, Crow did not have a good ninth inning. Not at all. Didn't record an out. But let's get into it. Judge steps up to the plate, works a 3-1 count, and, uh, yeah, there's nothing that Crow can do. He has to throw him a pitch to hit, really. Well, I mean, I, he could have walked him, but at that point, the Pirates are like, no, we're gonna, we're gonna go after Judge, because he hadn't really done much all night. A walk, but he was over three with that walk. Yeah, that wasn't a great pitch by Will Crow. Um, it was a 95-mile-an-hour singer that had too much of the plate. Didn't sink enough. Did not sink enough. And Judge hit it 430 feet into the left field bleachers, 111 miles an hour. His 60th home run of the season. Holy cow. He's at 60. Uh, that's just, wow. It's unbelievable to me that we're witnessing this 
And it's not just that. He leads in the Triple Crown right now. At the moment. That can change a lot in the next 15 days. But for right now, he has 20 more home runs than the next guy, Kyle Schwarber, with 40. And what Judge is doing this season is just unreal. And it's so much fun to watch. And I was really hoping that the Yankees would come back and make it so this home run would not be lost in the shuffle and like a footnote. Like, oh yeah, you hit a 60th home run, but the Yankees lost 8-5. That's not what happened. Thank goodness. Thank goodness, Will Crow. Thank you. So Judge hits the home run. Anthony Rizzo, on a 2-2 count, hits a double that splits the outfielders, left fielder, center fielder. And you're thinking, okay, maybe they're getting something going here. Cool. Still no outs. Gleyber Torres walks. Things are getting spicy. Josh Donaldson on a 1-1 pitch hits a ball into like the Bermuda Triangle. The right fielder and center fielder just both couldn't reach it. And because of the way it was hit, Rizzo couldn't advance further than third, but that was perfectly fine. Didn't matter. So Boone puts Peraza in to pinch run because you're thinking to yourself, okay, maybe Stanton can hit like a bases clearing double. The Yankees can tie the game and then someone can walk this off. Um, I was kind of hoping it could be Bader because I was hoping it would be the Harrison Bader game. Aside from Aaron Judge getting the big headlines for 60. And when you watch Stanton's at bat, which I've watched like at least five times now, the 2-1 pitch, yes, that made the count 2-2. He fouled it off. It hit the ump. The ump had to take a second because he swung really hard. And it seems like if that ball had been hitten, hitten, what? If he had hit that on the nose... That ball would have gone through the wall. He hit the crap out of that foul ball. And it kind of gave you a clue as to what was going to happen the next pitch. Because the next pitch. Stanton hits it 410 feet into the stands, 118 miles an hour. And the launch angle is only 16 degrees. I really thought it was going to be a double. I didn't realize how far it was carrying until they showed the outfield angle but what a game well what a ninth inning (laughs) more to the point (laughs) it wasn't that great a game as I said because the bullpen had some issues the bullpen who they had some issues we'll get into that in segment two but let's talk about Harrison Bader because as I just said it looked like it was going to be the Harrison Bader game and I was kind of hoping that it would be I was I was hoping that his first game in Yankee pinstripes You know, he's a hometown boy. He's from Bronxville. And I was hoping that it would come down to him in the ninth inning. And even though it didn't, it was fun watching his reaction to Stanton's Grand Slam. Um, You know, they had that shot where you could see Stanton strutting to home plate. And you see all the guys in the background and just they are elated. And they all look really goofy. And that's one of my favorite things about baseball is innings like the ninth inning last night will turn anyone into a kid. They all look like kids. Rizzo 
on third base looked like a five-year-old playing t-ball. Like, the way he reacted to it was so adorable, <laughs> dare I say. So, yeah, Bader could have been the hero last night because uh, Stanton was batting fifth, Cabrera was batting sixth, and Bader was seventh. So, you know, it's possible that if Stanton had hit a double instead of a home run and cleared the bases, tied the game, it's possible that Cabrera could have hit a double or something. And then, or no, Cabrera could have hit a single, Stanton only makes it to third, and then Bader hits a single. So Bader was two for four. Three runs batted in, and uh, he scored once, struck out once, but that's, you know, other guys struck out last night. And, yeah, he had a good game, a good debut for Harrison Bader, hometown boy. Um, I'll have some quotes in segment two. So we'll continue the good discussion, head into the bad and the ugly. Because, oof, was it bad and was it ugly? But first... Summer's winding down, the nights are getting longer, but the breeze isn't the only thing that's getting stiff. That's right. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, we all know that confidence can take you far in life. That's especially true in the bedroom, especially when it's time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. It's time to get off the couch and back to work. If your tool needs an upgrade, head to bluechew.com. So if you can benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code Locked On at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code Locked On to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Thanks again for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. Subscribe now to Locked On Yankees on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you get notified when each episode premieres. So Harrison Bader, New York boy from Bronxville, makes his Yankees debut and, as I said, went two for four with three runs batted in and a run scored in his first appearance at Yankee Stadium as a bomber. Pretty cool. So he said... Of making an immediate impact. That was the goal. Everything that came prior to be able to debut is in the past, and I just wanted to be, whether it was a catch or a stolen bag or whatever, I was just really wanting and ready to be effective for this team and help them win the game. And I had a couple of situations where I found some holes, and it worked in my favor. Still work to do. We've got a long road ahead, but it felt good to deliver for this clubhouse for sure. Yeah, I, I was happy for Bader. That was really, really cool that he made an impact right away. You always like seeing that happen to a guy, especially 
under the circumstances in which he was traded and the fact that Yankee fans weren't too happy about the trade, mainly because he was hurt. They were excited about the idea of a guy like Harrison Bader who's good at defense and can play center field and is fast on the bases. But the fact that he was injured and they traded away Jordan Montgomery and Jordan Montgomery's been doing well for the Cardinals, that didn't sit well with Yankee fans. But he did himself a favor last night by doing so well. He said, there's definitely a special history here for me. Obviously, I was in the stands when I was younger. Yeah, I feel you there. He said, I felt very comfortable. The fans in New York are very sweet. I love their cheers. It was just a great win. It was a beautiful night. I felt super comfortable. Oh, honey, just wait. <laughs> just wait. Oh, boy. I mean, uh, Giancarlo Stanton felt how sweet those fans were last night before the Grand Slam when they were booing him. And you could even tell in his post-game interview with Meredith Morakovitz that when they were cheering for him, he kind of like chuckled and then you know raised his hand up to the fans because he's like yeah yeah I know I know and you know David Cohn actually said something good about Stanton he says he gets it he understands he knows the fans are going to be mad at you if you don't do something but he knows what to do and he knows how to handle this town and yeah I feel like Stanton gets a raw deal we all know he's streaky but he could be going on a big streak will this grand slam wake him up Let's hope so. Let's hope that this woke up the giant and that when, or as, that's the word I'm looking for, as Judge is trying to tie and pass Maris, Giancarlo Stanton gets into one of those roles that lasts into the playoffs. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Yes, it would. So now that we're done talking about the good part of the game, let's talk about the ugly because the bullpen was ugly. Except for a role to Chapman. Ironically enough, Nestor Cortez made the start, didn't factor in the decision. He threw 87 pitches, 63 of them for strikes, five innings, one run, five hits, two walks, four strikeouts, did not give up a home run. Ron Marinaccio came in, pitched two-thirds of an inning, gave up two runs, walked one, gave up a hit. Trevino gave up a home run to Brian Reynolds. It was his 24th home run. Brian Reynolds is a good player. <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? He pitched one third of an inning. Was not a good time for Trevino. Blew the save. It was his third blown save of the season. Lewisaga comes in. Pitches one and one third. The first inning he pitched was fine. It was the one third of an inning that was a problem for him. That's when the Pirates went up 5-4. Then Holmes comes in. Inherits a couple of Lewisaga's runners but gives up a home run to Rodolfo Castro, the rookie, his 11th of the season. Luckily for Castro, he was not wearing his phone in his pocket. If you don't know what I'm referencing, he was sliding into third base and his phone fell out of his pocket. He was actually suspended a game for that, but he's a rookie. It was a rookie mistake. But Holmes giving up that home run is not a good thing. It's not a good thing. He has not looked great. In the second half, um, the Clay Holmes that we saw before the All-Star break occasionally will make appearances, but for the most part, his second half has not been good. It has not been good. So Castro's home run made it 8-4, which is how they headed into the ninth inning. But before the Yankees came up in the ninth, Aroldis Chapman pitched a clean ninth inning, struck out one batter, and he ended up winning the game. But he was really the only guy that 
didn't well actually yes he's the only pitcher on the Yankees that did not give up a run last night so good for him and he threw 12 pitches and eight of them were for strikes so he's looking better and at this point you may be seeing Chapman as the closer instead of Holmes if things continue the way they're going I don't know how I feel about that how do you guys feel about that? I'm a little worried about that because I feel like the Yankees bullpen has been really hit or miss lately and it could be guys getting tired. A lot of these guys are pitching a lot. Holmes is pitching a lot and it, they could just be hitting a wall, but the bullpen seems to be really streaky and we can't have them like this in the playoffs or the Yankees are really screwed. And that's the problem. The offense is streaky. The bullpen is streaky and the starters are streaky. There hasn't been a long stretch of all three of them doing well since early in the season. It's been a while since we've seen the team firing on all cylinders. And I've said this many times, it's hard for a team to turn it on in the playoffs. Not all teams. We saw the Yankee dynasties, dynasty teams do that. The 2000 team did that. The 98 team did that. The 98 team were basically yelled at by Joe Torre because their September was so bad. And he's like, what are you guys expecting to do in the playoffs? You guys got to wake up. You got to wake up. So let's hope this puts them on a run for this homestand. They have tonight's game against Pittsburgh, and then they have four against the Red Sox coming up. Tonight's game is Luis Severino making his comeback from his injury. And, oh, I was talking about the guys reacting to Stanton's Grand Slam. His reaction, Severino's reaction to Judge was fun. He looked like a little kid in the dugout jumping up and down. So it's Luis Severino against Rowanzi Contreras. Contreras was part of the Tyone trade. So that's an interesting angle. I spoke about all these storylines on yesterday's show. And uh, yeah, that should be an interesting matchup tonight. So in a moment, we're going to discuss catching a milestone ball. Because the kid that caught Judge's ball last night, or I should say, grabbed the ball. Because if you saw the stands, they were going for it. You know, someone didn't actually catch it. They had to get it under the bleachers. Um, he gave the ball back to Judge. And this is causing some debate among some people. So we'll talk about that in a moment. Okay, picture this. You're at a baseball stadium. A guy is up. You're in the outfield. He's about to hit a milestone home run. He could be setting a record. It could be a round number. Who knows what it is? The ball is coming for you. You catch it. What do you do? Do you give it back to the player because it's his accomplishment? Do you keep the ball and then sell it years down the line? Because <laughs> there are some balls that have been sold for lots of money. Do you do an exchange? You know, I'll take season tickets for the ball. I'll tell you what I would do. Not that I would ever catch a ball. I'm blind in one eye. I have no hand-eye coordination. It would just be really bad. It would have to be a happy accident for me to ever catch a ball. Let's just say that. But if I were to catch a ball that was a milestone or a record breaker, I don't know what I would do. I really don't. Could I use money? Sure. 
But I'm of the thought that it's that guy's accomplishment. I had nothing to do with it. Like, okay, so I caught it. Great. But I feel like I would give it back to the guy. But I would probably, if it was, obviously it was a Yankee. We'll say Yankee guy. If I caught 62, I would ask the Yankees to maybe give me sweet tickets for the playoffs. <laughs> I'd be like, I don't care about pictures. I don't care about autographs. I don't need that stuff. I have enough stuff in my house. Just give me tickets for a suite. So let me know either via Twitter on Locked On, you know, Locked On Yankees, all one word, or my personal one, Stay Scott's. And let me know what you would do with a milestone slash record-breaking home run ball if you were to catch it. Because there are a lot of people who are upset with this college kid who gave the ball back to Judge. They're like, this could change his life if he kept the ball. What is he doing? You know, the kid's 20 years old. And yeah, it would be nice to make money at 20 years old. But I don't know. I kind of feel like him. I don't think I would, I don't think I would hold the ball hostage. I really don't. But I will say this. There are two big things happening in baseball. Albert Pujols is about to hit a 700th home run. And Judge is probably going to, to hit 62 within the next few days. This means... That Zach Hampel can't be in two places at once. Zach Hampel being the famous ball hog. People call him a ball hawk. I call him a ball hog. And people will always say, oh, well, he gives the balls to kids. No, let the kids catch the ball. Who wants a ball from Zach Hampel? Stop. It's ridiculous at this point. He's like 40 and he acts like he's 15. Just stop. So anyway, if Hampel is in Yankee Stadium... If you see him, do everything in your power to keep him away from Judges 62. If you see him at a game, <laughs> at a Cardinals game, do everything in your power to keep him away from that 700th home run ball. Please do it for everyone. Okay? Just do it for everyone. So the kid who caught the ball, he is Michael Kessler. He's 20 years old. He goes to City College of New York. That's where my mom worked before I was born. And he said, it's been a whirlwind. We were standing at the top of the bleachers and then went down for his at bat. We were jumping up and down because I knew it was a home run. It hit the top of the bleachers and then bounced down towards our section. I just went to grab it and bear hugged it. So he was accompanied by his three teammates from the CCNY baseball team. He's a pitcher and an outfielder. He agreed to swap the ball for a bounty that included a clubhouse meet-and-greet with Judge, four autographed baseballs, and a signed game bat, not the one that he used to hit the homer, because that's probably going to go. I would assume that's going into the Hall of Fame, because 60 is a big number, even if it isn't a, a record-setting home run. That's a big milestone home run. So the Yankees have been able to recover the 56th, 57th, and 58th home run ball for Judge. They were unable to negotiate for number 59, which was hit on Sunday. 
So it's been suggested that Judge's 60th home run ball could fetch a sum in the tens of thousands of dollars. Kessler said that keeping the ball or putting it up for sale never crossed his mind. Judge means so much to the organization, especially this year. He's just unbelievable. Just the way he is, he deserved to have the ball back. I have no second thoughts. So. Oh, and then he said that his uh, roommate told Judge, please resign. Which is what I would have said. Like, if I caught 62 and got to meet Judge, I would do this. I'd say, please sign. Please resign. Please, 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 please. I would also try and make it known to uh, Brian Cashman and Hal Steinbrenner that they need to do everything in their power to resign Judge. But this was just, wow, what a game. What an ugly, fantastic game. <laughs> Which is definitely going to be a Yankees classic. Again, yes, you don't have to show the whole game. You don't have to show the whole game. Just show the ninth inning. No offense to Harrison Bader, because he did do some good stuff early in the game. But the ninth inning is really all that anyone needs to watch. So to recap, the Yankees win this really ugly but fantastically awesome game. Judge hits 60. Giancarlo hits a grand slam that... My God. The only park that it wouldn't have left, obviously, is Fenway. But I joked on Twitter last night. I said, uh, that ball would have gone through the green monster with his heart as hard as he hit that ball or it would have knocked it down yeah uh Luis Severino tonight coming back we'll see how he does kind of a bad thing though because you don't expect him to pitch that long and the bullpen you know had to pitch nearly five innings so we'll see what happens there and I will have I'm doing three crossovers this week, although one is an evergreen one, and I'm not sure when I'm posting it, but doing a crossover tonight with Lindsey Crosby of Locked On MLB Prospects. We're going to be talking about Volpe and Dominguez and all the other kids and doing a crossover post-series review with Ethan Smith of Locked On Pirates. So look for both of those episodes Tomorrow, at some point, it's going to be a busy day for Locked On Yankees. But for now, that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Remember, you can listen to this show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, hit the thumbs up button to like us, comment, and click the bell so you know when our videos go up. And now that you've made us your first listen of the day, how about making your second listen the Locked On MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. Enjoy your Wednesday, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. Thank you.